What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode number 19 to RizzoCast. I took a little bit of a hiatus, but I am back here with Turlock Journal's very own. She also writes for the 209 Magazine, and she's a Bay Area sports fan, dog enthusiast. She just put her dog outside. Hunter is the name of the dog, right? Yes. Hunter is the name of the dog. And uh, we tried to do this last time. We had some technical difficulties, but long at last, Angelina Martin, again, of the Turlock Journal and the 209 Magazine. Angelina, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me back for round two. I just moved into a new place, so we had some internet difficulties last time, but internet is up and running, and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be on the Rizzo cast. I'm freaking excited. <laughs> yes, perfect. We, <laughs> love, we love great internet, and it's honestly a necessity. Uh, so let's talk about kind of your region in California. Um, the, is it, they call it the, the central... Um, I'm blanking here. Central, Central Valley. Central Valley. So yeah. Central Valley, very overlooked area in California, I feel. Uh, a lot of people point towards the Bay Area. They point towards Los Angeles, San Diego. But this is a really overlooked um, kind of region of California. So I'll give you the chance to kind of talk up where you're from, talk up the Turlock area. What is so unique, special, et cetera? What do you like most about it? Yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned like overlooked because, you know, the middle of the country is often called um, flyover states. You know, you just fly over them to get to the west or east coast. And the Central Valley is like the flyover region of California. Like you're either, like you said, going to the bay, you fly over it, you're going down south, you fly over it. So um, usually when people are flying over it, they don't realize that all of not only pretty much California's food, but a lot of the country's food and a lot of the world's food is produced here in the Central Valley. So that's one thing we have going for us. We have lots of ag, lots of farmers. Um, and other than that, okay, I don't want to say there's nothing super special other than that because there, there are, but that's like the main thing that we're known for. Um, and I would say like 80% of our orchards are almonds. So don't quote me on that number. A majority of what we grow is almonds. So this is like the almond capital of the world, pretty much, Central Valley. And I guess in terms of, of things to do, because uh, I know somebody recently approached you with the idea of a drive-in movie theater uh, in Turlock. So kind of where are they at with that project and, and how cool is that to cover? Yeah, um, there's never been a drive-in theater in Turlock before. So... I told him not to bark when I put him outside, and the first thing he does is bark. Stop. You ruin everything that I love. Stop. This is top-notch so content. I'm this here is for like, it. This is, this is podcasting in 2020. Oh, yeah. Zoom. You know, what are you going to do? Um, anyway, <laughs> Turlock has never had a drive-in theater, so when they said they were going to do this, I was super excited, and it's actually, I was unsure of how they were going to pull it off. I was unsure of how high quality it would be. It's really cool. Um, they actually have the giant screen out there and everyone comes and parks their cars. They're packed every weekend. So that's really cool to see. Um, they've pretty much just been playing like classic movies, cult classics, um, like the Goonies or the Lizard of Oz or something that you'd be like, yeah, I want to just randomly go see that tonight. Um, and then as a, a government, government reporter, I always like to point out cool political things. Um, our congressman, Josh Harder, just had a drive-in town hall there 
at the drive-in theater, which was super cool. I've never covered one of those before. Um, it's just a sign of the times of this pandemic that we're living through. And it was pretty cool to see people like drive in and pull up and ask their representative questions. So it's not something you see every day. Yeah, it's a so new norm for sure. <laughs> There's a fun thing for sure. Yeah. Uh, so another thing you've covered is, you know, some of the distance learning and a lot has to do with schools. Uh, so you recently, you know, went into uh, on kind of the opening opening week when schools first opened, you went into a teacher's room at a school. How were, you know, they kind of handling this entire situation? Because I know it it does appear to be stressful on them. Yeah, so I went to a Denaire High School math teacher's classroom. And so I'm not good at math. Um, Me neither. I would not want to learn math through the computer. And I definitely would not want to have to try and teach kids math through the computer. So uh, it was it was interesting, you know, I, I do first day of school stories every single year and it's like a hustle and bustle of activity. I'm like trying to get pictures of kids with their backpacks and stuff. And this, I walked into a completely like desolate campus. It was like a ghost town, you know, and I went and sat with her in her room that was empty. But honestly, I don't know if it's because they set me up on purpose with one of the best teachers in the school or if, you know, she was either way, she was like amazing, handled it so well. Um, it's different with the high school teachers, which is what I sat in on for a little bit um, because they have the periods, you know? Mm. So it's like 30 minutes on your computer and then you just go to your next class, which is crazy. I don't even know how they're doing it, but uh, it was cool. She like, she couldn't figure out how to write out the problems for the kids, you know? So she had a little tiny whiteboard and she was like, writing and then she would show them and then she would write back and stuff. Um, one kid, he was like drawing on the PowerPoint, I guess. Oh, there was no. a them. Yeah. So she, he was like drawing and I just heard, she's like, Isaiah, Isaiah, can you please not do that? Isaiah, can you please not do that? And I, I don't know if he had her muted or what, but she said he was like drawing some distracting things. Um, they got hacked oh. by some Zoom hackers on the first day of school, which Luckily, they didn't do anything bad. They just were like, oh, hey, what's up? But um, in Ceres, which is the town over from me, someone actually hacked the Zoom calls of elementary school teachers, and they were posting, like, pornographic stuff. Oh. So, yeah, terrible, like, crazy sick people out there. And that's just, you know, one of the things that teachers are having to deal with on top of teaching virtually. Um, and then I also went and sat in on some kids in their house who were going to school. And like, I think on the first day of school, they were three sisters. One of them had to be taken to their aunt's house because the internet just couldn't handle all three of them at the same time. So it's like a lot of things to overcome for students and teachers this year. Um, it's, you know, it's for the safety of everyone though. So they're all hanging in there. Yeah, for sure. Those are the cards that we were kind of given this year. and. We have to play them per se. Um, but I think it's funny that you went into a math class and don't like math. I hate math too. I would rather do millions of other things in math. Yeah, we and I like also, words. Yeah, I also think it's, I, I think it's something with journalists and math that they don't like it. I've heard that somewhere. Um, so I think that's kind of funny. Another thing happening in Turlock, there's a Dutch Bros coffee opening. Oh, yes. Uh, did it open? open it's oh my open. god trust me if you're here you know it's open <laughs> so is that kind of your go-to place now 
Um, yeah, I've been there. It opened not the most recent Friday that happened, but the Friday before. So it's been open a little over a week and I've gone three times. So I feel like that's not <laughs> bad, right? Like, so is like Starbucks kind of the normal routine? Or? It was, but I haven't been to Starbucks since Dutch Bros opened. <laughs> oh, so maybe, maybe. Yeah, so, uh, so maybe, maybe Dutch Bros will take it completely over. Or maybe Starbucks will have a little bit, or how are you going to split like that maybe up? Maybe I'll support both. I try to, I go to, like, I always say this on Twitter, I love all coffee. So I try and just go to different places. Like, we have a lot of local shops here, too. But, yeah, Dutch Bros is open. It's right by um, the university that we have in our town. How did I not mention that we have a university here <laughs> when you asked me <laughs> what is special about Turlock? Um, yeah, we have a university, Stanislaus State. Go Warriors. I'm in alumna but yeah it's like a the traffic over there now with the dutch bros in the morning it's nuts it's nutty so we'll see what happens with that so i don't drink coffee um and everybody's saying yet because i it just yeah. kind of becomes a part of uh especially when you work uh especially as hard as you work you're gonna need something to fuel you, you um, so what do you usually get what's your what's your coffee order Okay, well, I just restarted keto again today because I need to get back on the horse. So at Dutch Bros, it's really cool um, because they have a keto cold brew. And I can just like say that and they, they know. At, at Starbucks, I have to be like, can I get this drink with like this sugar-free syrup and this and this and this. And so um, that's what I am getting right now at Dutch Bros. But also, um, I really like the caramelizer, which is like a caramel mocha. <laughs> and then... Uh, one of the workers gave me a recommendation and I would have to like go and read it to you. It's a long thing, but it tastes just like salted caramel. Like I can't oh. even, you should see my face when I drank it. I was like, how is this possible? So, um, but I like lattes too. I, I love all coffee. I'll order mm -hmm. anything. And that leads me into my next question. And you already know what question it's going to be. So you kind of started a trend on Twitter uh, every Friday you do a thing called peace and cheer where you kind of hold up. Let me see if I, I got a, I got a you little got thing it, here um, yeah. and then you do the, you do the, the you post a picture of yourself with yeah. the, the peace signs up and, and the drink there. So what kind of started that trend for you? Okay. So I honestly, I was just trying to like take a cute picture <laughs> at my <laughs> desk at work. And then, so one of the things that I did was peace signs. And then mm -hmm. I also like, like, I don't know, I'm insane. I was like cheersing the camera, like loser. I don't know. And so honestly, those two were the cutest. So I posted them both and I was doing peace and I was doing cheers. So I was like, peace and cheers. It's Friday, y'all. <laughs> and then Taylor Worth made fun of me. So that started a chain reaction. And here we are today. What a trend. And um, we even saw San Francisco Giants broadcaster Dwayne Kuyper and his son Cole get into the trend. So I'm sure that was exciting for you to see, huh? That was super exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Props to Cole for getting his dad in on that. That was really exciting. Yeah, I might for sure. Even close my door really quick. Go for it. You can do a graphic of the peace and cheers over it. Yeah. <laughs> so Angelina went to go, uh, we're back now. Angelina went to go uh, put her dog outside or shut the door or whatever she did. Uh, but yeah. we are back. Uh, 
so next kind of what you do with, with the Turlock Journal, uh, of course, with COVID-19, it seems like everything's abbreviated. Uh, we are seeing, uh, like you mentioned, more Zoom calls. Um, what has kind of changed the most into what you do from, you know, a day-to-day, day-to-day, uh, week, weekday? What's, what's kind of changed because of COVID? Okay, so at first, um, it was like, really weird because I'm someone that likes to go in the office a lot and, you know, be very present and everything. Um, the first like two months, maybe month and a half of the pandemic, I was like straight work from home. Not only because like we were supposed to, but I was terrified. I was like, I'm going to die. Like I'm going to get sick, you know? Um, and then, you know, as things would come up. Like we went to UC Merced and we interviewed their virologist and their psychologist about the pandemic. And that was like one of my first times venturing out into public. And so, you know, I realized I could um, still go into the office and, you know, do things for my job, just be very careful. Um, The biggest thing that's changed for me is I feel like I'm working a hundred times more than I was before. Um, When it first started, my colleague Sabra Stafford and I were like, oh my God, what are we going to write about? Like all the events in town are canceled. Um, There's everyone's at home. There's going to be no stories. And we were so wrong. Like (laughs) there's a million more stories, you know, there's people coming together to um, collect PPE supplies for people. Um, There's just keeping people updated on the pandemic. Myself, I'm a business and education reporter. Those are two of my many beats that I cover. So I had to keep parents informed on what the schools were doing and I had to talk to business owners and see how it was affecting them. So honestly, we went zero to 100 and that, or not zero, but like 100 to 200, I should say. Um, And that was like the most, that was the thing that changed the most probably was just like exhaustion 24 seven. It's gotten better now because we're like used to it now and we know like what we need to cover and what maybe we don't. So We've been able to lighten our workloads, but, um, and then, you know, just being mindful when you go interview someone, like always wearing a mask. And I give a lot of elbow bumps these days because in my job, you shake hands a lot. <laughs> and so now it's always like a little thing like, oh, and we'll either like do a fist bump or a, an elbow. So it's just, it, I would say it's like similar to how everyone else's lives have changed, you know, and the changes you've seen at your own job or in your own career. So for sure. Be- yeah, for sure. So uh, I got to ask, because you mentioned uh, business owners, you talked to a lot of business owners throughout this pandemic. Um, how how hard is it to, maybe not how hard is it, but what were some of their, the, the common reactions you get from business owners? Is it disappointment? Is it anger? What are, what are, what are the common trends with, with some of the business owners that you have spoken to? So I think the most polarizing thing about this pandemic is that it's not equitable. Um, you know, you can, you can still, or, you know, back at the beginning, you could still go to Walmart and buy what you needed. Maybe I needed like a birthday present for someone instead of going to downtown Turlock where there's local businesses. I can't cause they're all closed through the pandemic. I have to go to Walmart. So that was the concern of a lot of business owners, you know, the fairness of it all. It just wasn't fair. Um, and then with salon owners, they, they wanted the same thing, you know, they're, they're trained to be clean and 
trained to, to keep people safe pretty much from disease while they're working. So they were pretty vocal. Everyone just really wanted to reopen. Um, and we've seen as things have started to reopen, the people that wanted to reopen were able to reopen. And there still have been some businesses that said, hey, you know what, like, um, I have a lot of employees that I don't want to put at risk or like me myself, I don't want to put at risk. Like um, when the restaurants opened, there were a lot that didn't open because they were still worried. And so I think what a majority of business owners were asking for was just that choice to make it for themselves, if that makes sense. And so we covered um, a reopen rally that was held on one of the busiest streets in our town. And that got a lot of attention. I tweeted about it and Patricia Arquette ended up saying that Turlock was like the Darwin Awards and we were all going to die. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> but yeah, just like I didn't run into many business owners who were like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. So I have to talk about the protest because um, wasn't there a point where I think I saw a video of, of somebody like verbally attacking you when you were out there covering the protest, fake news? Was that something that you encountered out there? No, um, surprisingly not. I remember we were a little bit worried. We're always, given the climate today, you never know what you're going to encounter as a reporter. Um, so when we went to the reopen rally, it was actually okay, you know, and that was because as a journalist, I have contacts with all of these different groups of people. And so um, the organization that planned this reopen rally, they're called uh, State of Jefferson. Have you ever heard of that? I haven't. Okay, so it's like, it's these group of, I, would, I think they're libertarians. Um, and they're all throughout California, there's different chapters and they all want to secede from California and form the state of Jefferson and like have oh, their own yeah. state. Okay, so I've written stories oh, about I that. I have heard of, yes, yes, okay. I have, yeah. So I know her, her name was Lily and I, I know her from before. And so, you know, I, I wrote about their cause before because every cause is someone's cause, you know, and I've written about it before. And so they were like, Hey, what's up? Thanks for covering our rally. And then again, um, my, my coworker went to cover the back the badge rally, um, that they also had in Turlock, like probably a month ago. And someone asked him if he was from CNN. <laughs> he was like, no, I'm from the Turlock Journal. And he was like, oh, same thing. And my coworker was like, no, but okay. <laughs> so I think, I think a majority of people here can um, establish the difference between mainstream media and community news, which is huge. Yeah, and mainstream media. I mean, we saw with the, the Black Lives Matter protests, we saw CNN reporters get arrested. We've seen them get shot at by like, you know, rubber bullets and I got hit in the foot by a rubber bullet. How was that? No protest. It was cool. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I was freaking running because I was terrified. <laughs> like it's literally, you know, like you've seen people post on Twitter, like one moment there's, you can just feel it built, the tension build. And then all of a sudden there's riot police rushing in and like pushing you over and stuff. So that was a pretty crazy experience. Did but it hurt? No, it hit like the bottom rubber part of my shoe. I would compare it to like getting hit in the cleat, like the bottom of your cleat with a ball while you're batting. So it was like, thanks, free base. Like, thanks, free story. I got hit by one. <laughs> well, it's pretty cool. You could, you know, when um, you're, you could tell your grandchildren that you got hit by a rubber bullet in the protests of 2020. 
They're gonna be like, Grandma, were you protesting? And I'm gonna be like, No, I was covering. <laughs> <laughs> so can people tell? And I know you might have touched on this uh, just now, but do can people tell that you're with the media, or do you think, or do they often think that you're a part of this? Like, how do you identify so, yourself? You have a press pass, um, yeah. and I don't wear mine all the time. Obviously, like working a lot in Sherlock, everyone knows who I am for the most part. So, but. Nice Dude, I'm not even kidding. Oh my God. <laughs> I was so terrified, like straight up the police with like their pepper spray guns and like rubber bullet guns. I had my press pass out like this. Like I was just walking like, I'm a member of the press. Like, please don't treat me. I was like, is this even going to stop them from like treating me any different? Probably not from what we've seen. So it was like, it was freaky. But yeah, I have a, a press pass that has my picture on it and stuff. Um, and then like, like if you go to a sporting event, obviously they give you one that's for that event or whatever you're covering. So you can't just like come in. Yeah, for sure. And, and maybe one day uh, Rizzo Cast will be. <laughs> yes, credentialed. Yes. Um, so local journal, uh, journalists also have kind of a unique um, experience with those city council meetings. You know, you guys often attend those. Um, so now they're they're kind of over Zoom. I feel like those those are really dull to go to, and they're just so boring. They appear so boring. At all, are they enjoyable? <laughs> for me, I was cracking up. It's so funny you mentioned this because I've been rewatching Breaking Bad for like the tenth time. And when Hank is like he's like disabled in bed because he's been shot at by like some cartel members, but it's like. 11 o'clock at night and he's just watching the city council meeting on TV and it's supposed to be like, Oh my God, this guy's so bored that he's watching the city. I do that. Like I will come home from work. City council meeting starts at six and I'll turn it on. Um, I think they're exciting. If you care about the issues that they're talking about, if you don't, then obviously you're not going to, uh, my favorite part is public comment because people love to call in and like just talk crap and say what's on their mind. So, um, we had like a couple weeks ago, there was like, an hour and a half straight of public comment of just people calling in favor of defunding the police and then people calling in, um, in to speak out against defunding the police. So that was a fun one to watch because it was mm -hmm. drama. It's sometimes it's just high stakes drama and I live for it. Yeah. I, you know, I saw one, uh, when the, when the, when the riots and the protests were kind of at their height that one week where it was just craziness and the LAPD had one of those and it went viral and there's that big thread. And I was like, wow, maybe these things can be enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, so I don't was, know exactly what pretty, you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> that guy that called, called in. Yeah. I, I forgot. I was saying his quote for like two weeks straight after that. And now I can't even think of it. Yeah. I got to dig that back up. Cause I got to run. Yeah. That was great. That, that was go. so brilliant. Um, so another thing that, uh, and I've, you and I have talked about this, uh, in terms of getting story ideas, social media has become like one of your main sources, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Sites like Nextdoor has kind of localized things. Facebook groups have localized things. Is a lot of the things that you find to write about, do they come from those different sites? Oh my God, yeah. Like <laughs> I would say at least 50%, if not more. Um, I... I'm part of groups where I may not necessarily agree with what the group is about. I'm part of groups that 
like I didn't have any idea what the group was about until I joined, but as long as it's local, like I try to join every single one so that I can just kind of, it's not even, sometimes it's not even finding stories. It's just like gauging the community's attitudes about certain things and like feeling the heartbeat of the community. Because if you just um, are in groups or like have friends on Facebook, people that you agree with, you're not going to see the other side. And so um, that's a big part of it. And then, yeah, people, people will post on Facebook, like, oh, I'm having this event this day or like, hey, this happened to me. And yeah, it's like, thanks for the stories. I just watched um, this documentary and it made me want to delete all my social media, but I know I can't because <laughs> I won't be able to do my job, you know? So it, it stinks sometimes that like our world has gotten to that point where like I do depend on it that much. Um, it's kind of like the primary form of communication now. So, yeah. It's still really cool though. Um, so last journalism question here before we get into uh, a Giants and Niners question. Uh, how did you get into journalism? Uh, how, how did you, because, you know, obviously I, I like writing. I like talking to people uh, and I figured it goes together. I could report news. I like keeping up with the current events. So kind of how did you get into the field? So I've always liked writing. So in high school, I was like, oh, maybe I should join journalism so I can, you know, write and get a grade for it. Um, high school journalism, I didn't go to a big school the last three years of my high school career. I don't know what your school paper was, was like, but it wasn't journalism. You know, it was just like, oh, okay, what do you want to write about? Go for it. Like we weren't taught like how to write stylistically for news. Um, and so I kind of lost my passion for it. I went to college and I said, okay, I'm going to be an English teacher because I liked reading and writing. So I majored in English. And then, you know, I was watching a Giants game one night and I was watching Amy G interview one of the players. And I was just like, that's, that would be like the best job. You know, that is what I want to do. And I definitely could do it. So I started looking into it. I was like, okay, I need to switch my major to communications. It's so funny that I thought I was like going to be a broadcaster and here I am. Um, hey, don't so really I got, I, so true. Um, but yeah, I, so I got into communications and then I took a writing for the media class and where they actually taught us, you know, how to write for the media. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is fun. I'm really good at this. This is what I want to do. Um, so then I joined the the school paper at Stanislaus State and the rest is history. I was an editor there and got my job while I was still going to school. Um, I worked part-time at the Turlock Journal and then they hired me full-time once I graduated. Awesome. So let's, let's talk some real quick Giants and Niners. Giants 60 game season uh, amid the COVID stuff. They still got a season in. Um, knock on wood um, that it finishes out you know, a little bit, but this is an interesting watch. And I was talking to Ethan Castle. I was on his podcast um, last night. This is an interesting watch. What do you think? What is kind of your assessment of this team in 2020? It's like wild to me that literally, first of all, 60 game season nuts, mm -hmm. just absolutely bonkers. But I remember at the beginning of the season, we were all like, this is the worst team I've ever watched, you know, like, <laughs> what is going on. And now we're in the playoff hunt. Um, and I don't think they're the worst team I've ever watched. So 
it's it's hard to say you know with the 60 game season I know at the beginning we were all saying wow if one team goes on just like what would be considered a a small hot streak during the regular season if they do that during the 60 game season then they're in contention and I think that's exactly what the Giants did they got hot at the right time and now there is a slim possibility that you know they could they could go far so it's been really fun to watch I didn't go into it with high expectations um being there were no fans and no no crowd noises and just not the the same game of baseball that we all know and love but props to them because I will admit I was one of the naysayers at the beginning that was like there's no way that they're going to be able to do this and here we are like props MLB you did it now revenge tour so the 49ers after Losing the Super Bowl earlier in the year to the Chiefs, they're back and uh, they have a new slogan: "Revenge Tour." Um, all right, that's not is that that their official? That's it. Or is that kind that's of? That's it. Yeah, that's revenge. Well, tour. that's that's like everyone on Twitter, like revenge tour. But there's this year's faithful faithful to the Bay. There you go. That's it. Yeah. Crash rated left. <laughs> so you know, I'm kind of a snoozy Niners Niners fan I mean I don't keep up with it as much as I should I kind of just look at the the game recaps and you know I'm I'm a really (laughs) bad Niner fan so what is kind of your preview for this season for them well after Sunday's game (laughs) whatever whatever well I mean, obviously everyone, I don't, I hate like talking about this because I'm not a football analyst and I'm not like a professional football pro, but obviously everyone knew that like Jimmy G had a lot to prove after the Super Bowl and um, what happened there. And then on Sunday, we just saw not a lot of promising things from him. And I, I don't know, it's hard to say. There was a lot of play calling issues that I thought it could have been better from our, our mastermind head coach. And I do agree that he's a mastermind. Um, I think, I think they're still going to be good. I think they just need to get the jitters out. You know, there was no preseason. Um, we saw Jimmy G did not perform well in preseason last season. Um, and that was the talk of the town and we needed to get rid of Jimmy G. So if we think of these first couple games as kind of shaking the dust off, then we're kind of in the same boat that we were last season, but without him throwing a bunch of interceptions. So maybe we're on better footing. I'm hoping for the best. We've got the Jets next week. We're only favored to win by seven, which is disgusting. Um, We'll see. I just, like, don't get my hopes up for anything anymore after the Super Bowl. Yeah, for sure. So one more thing before we go – before we end it with some rapid fire. Um, In a sports stadium, I mean, every – the question always comes to my mind, what would I do if I was presented the opportunity to go in and sit right now at this second in time and sit in a packed stadium with 40,000 40, people, would I want to do it? And I still don't know the answer. I don't know. You know, there's no vaccine yet. That's obviously the, the narrative is the vaccine. Um, so would you enter into a stadium, packed stadium right now at this second in time? Hell no. <laughs> now, would I go to like how the Chiefs had it um, on Thursday night football where you're spaced out? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it's, I wouldn't go into a packed stadium right now. Um, not only like, like fear for myself, but just fear of like giving it to other people if I had it. So it's like, 
my dog, dude. I'm going to take him to the pound after this. Well, we're um, Stan Hunter. We really do. Yeah, we do Stan Hunter. You got, I should like bring Chanel up here so you can see her too. She's really cute. But um, no, I would not go into a packed stadium right now. Interesting. All right, next so let's end it. <laughs> yeah, next year, <laughs> we have to see what that looks like. So let's yeah. end it here with some rapid fire. I have uh, three rapid fire questions for you. Okay. Number one, and honestly, it's not that rapid fire. You can take your time with these. If there's a movie, I'm gonna try and spit it out. Okay. If, if there's a movie, then maybe we'll get more than three. And I have a list here. Okay. okay. If there's a movie of your own life, who would be an actress that would play you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's such a hard. Like looks wise, I don't think I look like anyone. Um, personality wise. <laughs> you gave me the hardest question okay I've ever we'll skip that one we'll skip who that do you one. think would play me uh i don't know i don't watch enough movies i'm pretty behind <laughs> in the whole movie culture it's hard maybe like yeah i don't know yeah like, all right we'll skip that one that that, that was a really really sorry. hard one. and here's one and if you take the high road on this one i understand and that would be saying yourself but if you were to trade places with any one person who would it be Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Taylor Swift. Beautiful, rich, talented, beautiful. My mom. <laughs> so are you a morning or a night person? Both. Okay, that's an interesting Before answer. Out. <laughs> um, let's see, what, what are one of the things that are on your bucket list? Ooh. Mm. That is on your bucket list, excuse me. Grammar's bad. One of the things on my bucket list would probably be that um, overnight sleepover at AT or at Oracle Park. <laughs> you said AT and T Park. <laughs> uh, Those always or, look so fun. Like I feel like skydiving is on my bucket list, but I feel like I would wuss out. I have been repelling though. I've repelled down a thirteen-story building. Yeah, that, that is interesting. So, I, yeah. I would want it. I would do it, but you know, I'd have to start from kind of like low and then kind of work my way up on that. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And then the yeah. final one here, what is one thing that annoys you the most? Okay. One thing that annoys me the most is when people comment on a story without reading it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Perfect. That was, you had that queued up perfectly you knew it i didn't even so, have to think about it i didn't even have to think about it that was perfect angelina martin everybody thank you for joining me so much you can find her at the turlock journal 209 magazine and you can find her on twitter at okay let's see if i can spit this out here at ang and then there's another e in there then there's another e in there sunshine yes so so there, there and I'm so sorry for my yelping dog. Like, I, can you hear this it? whole interview authentic? So that was very I'm good. Like, should I just grab him to close it out really quick? Let's do it. Okay, let me go grab him. We're gonna we're gonna get Angelina's dog in here. This is gonna be absolutely awesome. Okay, who's been kind of a, a side part of this show? Yeah, but like you can't get mad at him. Oh, look at that. Aww. Now, do you want to give some information on your dog? So this is Hunter. Um, I got him after the Giants won the 2012 World Series, and that's why I named him Hunter. 
obviously. Um, and he's an American Eskimo, a mini. And then this is Chanel. She's a rescue. Mm. She's a French bulldog. Her name is just Chanel. We didn't name her that. So is that Hunter barking? Yeah. Well, he was barking big time, so I closed the door, and then he was sad that he was locked outside. I think I know what he was barking. He was barking, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, wait, one more crazy fact. Let's hear Um, it. Right after he broke his right leg, Hunter Pence got hit by a pitch and broke his right arm. Wow. That was in spring training, wasn't it? Um, no, well, maybe, I don't remember, but I remember I met Hunter Pence, um, outside of Petco Park in San Diego, and I told him I, I didn't know what to say, so I was just like, um, my dog also broke his front arm, and he was just like, that's not good, and I signed my ball and, like, walked away. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's, that's Thanks perfect. Thanks for having perfect. me, Steven. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you, you sticking with me, or... Yeah, we, we stuck with each other through this whole life. Yeah. So um, I'm glad we could get this in. Um, if you guys would like to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter at RizzoCast and on Instagram at RizzoCast and on YouTube RizzoCast and anywhere you find your podcasts. Thank you guys for listening and have a unbelievable day. Stay safe, mask up, and if you're in California, watch your breathing.